Before getting started, upcoming public shows with me on it or curbside comedy shows, um, I will be at the Comedy Store in LA sometime between now and before I die, probably. Other than that, none. No upcoming shows, but stay tuned for more upcoming curbside comedy shows because they are right on the horizon, especially if you live in Tampa Bay. But other than that... Hello and welcome to What's Up With Me, a autobiographical podcast about me, Connor Kvirchin, a comedian mostly, some personal stuff too. It's kind of turned into a vlog now that I think about it, uh, without the visual aspect of what's going on outside my life. But thank you. Welcome to 2021. Thank you so much for listening to this. I'm always surprised that people find this on YouTube because I have not really promoted it all that well. Um, 2021, I spent the um, turn of the clock, turn of the calendar on my air mattress behind me. If you can see it, uh, I don't know if you can in the video. It's uh, I try and hide it pretty well. But, you know, that's where my life is. 25-year-old on an air mattress trying to book a comedy show in your backyard and give some money for charity, which if you say you're trying to give some money for charity, it does make just about everything sound a little bit nicer. <laughs> so what are we doing on this episode? Um, an outline for us. We're going to be talking about one specific thing. I know it's a big time for resolutions. I'm not setting many resolutions this year. I don't think I'm actually technically setting any. I'm trying to I'm always trying to improve myself, but I don't have any resolutions down uh, because 2020 was enough of a disappointment. I don't need more disappointment in 2021. However, all that said, it's a good time of year to set some new goals for yourself. Uh, I want to talk to people specifically who are interested in trying stand-up comedy, who may never have before, but have always had an interest. That is something that I want to talk about in this episode. Uh, before that, though, we'll get to questions. and. Um, yeah, but is there anything else other than questions? Oh yeah, some interesting stuff. Some I guess I should try and be funny uh, with some of the share some funny stories that may not make it to stage that I I noticed in my life. Um, yeah, let's get to questions. I if you're watching this on YouTube, please leave a question in the comments if you have any. And actually, um, it's important. It's kind of an ad for me. If you engage with me on social media, I've been working on Twitter. I've been working on Instagram. I've been doing stuff on YouTube. Now, if you engage with me, I will provide you one free service. Uh, if you're a podcaster, I will edit your podcast for free one episode. Um, if you want some product photography, that's something that I recently got into. I will shoot something for you for free. Um, and if you uh, just want like a graphic or something made, I'll do that for free. And the way to enter, I'm going to make a raffle system, um, the way to enter the raffle to get something made for free for my creative services is engage with me on social media. Um, yeah, let's try and do that in January. Let's see how that works. I really want to incentivize people engaging with me because I think um, there should be value in it for me um, and equally value in it for you when you when we all work together and collaborate. So keep your eyes out for that. Uh, I will be announcing that January. No, I'll do February. February 1st, I'll announce the winner of that for people who engage with me. Uh, so the first person to engage with that, and I guess if they want to use my services, I don't know if he has a podcast, but the person asked me a question at the beginning of the new year is Daniel Topani. Uh, I met Daniel at a comedy writing class um, 
Ross Bennett's writing class. And we, it was a good class. I learned a whole lot about it. I learned that storytelling is not uh, really a form of comedy. Storytelling is a way to hang jokes. It's a, a method to hang jokes on them. You can't just go up on stage and tell stories that don't have laughs. Uh, that's not quite stand-up comedy. He also said, stand-up, uh, writing stand-up, the setup is the truth, punchline is a lie. Uh, that's a very simplified way to look at it. Um, but it definitely is helpful for people trying to start out in writing. And it was more of a beginner to intermediate writing class. And I, I met Daniel. Daniel has a great accent. He is a French man. And he, uh, I love his accent. The first time I heard him do stand-up, I was blown away. And their teacher, too, um, like pointed out, like, your accent is going to be a huge benefit because he enunciates words in such a beautiful way. Um, and it's actually really ironic that he he submitted a question because I was talking with my family about um, his set at Broadway Comedy Club. He was at, at, at a show called The Industry Room, which is a kind of a talent scout night. And he absolutely killed it. I think there were like 20 or so comedians who went up. And he was, if if not the best, like top two comedians that night. Uh, I was, yeah, sharing a joke from his show with my family recently uh, around Christmas time. Um, and so Daniel asked me this question. Um, what is the cooking time for Barilla Pasta number 12? <laughs> um, don't know. Didn't bother to look it up. Uh, I do tend to ask people to ask comedy related things, but I love, I, I really think this question made Daniel laugh a whole lot because um, my comedy can sometimes be more sophomoric and Daniel's a very intelligent guy and I think he's just exposing me for my lack of knowledge because I didn't know pasta was like pencils. No clue. I didn't know there was like a number system. Um, I didn't know there was a number 12 pasta. Uh, but I imagined you boil it in water for some time between 6 and 10 minutes and then you Maybe you want to put a little bit of oil on the pasta after you drain the water out to make sure it doesn't stick, and then you choose your desired sauce. Maybe I'll get into a cooking show after this. <laughs> but I love that question. Uh, and I really hope you're doing well, Daniel. Uh, he's reached out when Curbside Comedy was starting and said, you know, he, he was really happy to see things going well. Um, and I hope, I really hope things are going well with you. We'll definitely need to catch up sometime, but feel free, uh, Fridays before episodes come out, I'm going to put something on Facebook and Instagram and maybe Twitter. Cause I'm on Twitter more now. Um, asking for people question, uh, encouraging people to ask questions. And if you do, again, I will create something for you, provide a service for you. Um, especially if you're a podcaster, I'd love to edit something for you for free. If you engage with me. So, uh, yeah, those are the questions. <laughs> All right. You're interested in comedy? Are you interested in comedy? This 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 idea for this episode, obviously inspired by resolutions, uh, but also inspired by a person I worked with in college. I was an RA with um, Jackie Ignacio. She, uh, we were we were on the same staff when we were in our as RAs, but we were engaged in a lot of the same activities that RAs uh, did. They're like subcommittees and stuff like that. Just a really good person, and uh, she recently reached out to me saying that she really enjoyed a podcast that I did called small town radio. That is something that, 
I did with Maxim Allen. Maxim Allen has a, a podcast now called Don't Quit Your Day Job. And uh, it's very good. He talks to people about their day job, uh, comedians and people not in the world of comedy, but traditionally more people who are involved in the arts. And so Maxim and I did this show and uh, Jackie reached out just saying like, am I Spotify wrapped? Small time radio is one of my top five podcasts, which is cool. Very cool. It's always nice because uh, if you listen to small town radio, you would hear Max and I talk a lot about the fact that our listener numbers were extremely low. Like post COVID, pre COVID, we were at like 40 listeners an episode. Post COVID, we were at like eight listeners an episode. Um, so it was really cool to, to hear from a, um, subjectively unsuccessful podcast that someone says some people really loved it. And um, Jackie said too in the message, like from listening to your podcast, I was encouraged to start doing comedy. She obviously with COVID, it's hard to start getting to stand up, but I think she said she was taking some writing classes through second city, um, which is awesome. Like that's so cool that that, well, I, I really think it's a compliment that someone would see me doing stand and be like, I want to try that too. But I also am a little curious sometimes be like, I, I wonder if some people think like, oh, Connor's doing stand up. Yeah, I could definitely do that. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I take it as a, a very complimentary thing that she'd said. And I just, I, I've had conversations with a number of people in my life, uh, a few people have, have reached out and be like, how do I get started in stand-up? How, how did you get started? Like, why did you get started? Um, or like, I'm thinking about going up. What are some tips that you have? And this is really the one piece of advice. The one piece of advice that you need to take if you are interested in doing stand-up comedy. If you don't take any other piece of advice... That's fine. You need to take this one. Get on stage. That's it. That's the biggest thing. I guarantee you, you will suck. That is a guarantee for anyone who does stand-up comedy who tries out. There's no single person on the planet who has done stand-up comedy that has killed it every single time. So you need to get on stage you need like you you need to know you're going to suck but if you can understand that get over that fear of sucking take the advice of getting on stage you will know very quickly if stand up is for you so get on stage because my experience um i started i, I always say i started in orlando just about 2 years ago and that's not entirely true. I do. I have clarified in past episodes, there's a time where you are doing standup and then there's a time you really start doing standup. So I started doing standup um, with the goal of getting better and continuing to do it two years ago. But I, I did stand up for the first time my sophomore year of college. And um, yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I mean, 
like I, I did, I sucked. That's it. Like plain and simple. And I think the reason why I kept on going up is because I love the feeling of getting on stage. I love the fact that I could get better. I love the hope of maybe this time this will work. It was a real challenge thing for me, but despite sucking as myself, I'm not going to say you're going to suck as hard as me when I started because it was, it was bad, but you need to be able to get up on stage and you'll get a sense of the feel, whether you're good or bad. Like this is something that I want to do. This is something that fills some passion for me. Um, so you need to get on stage. That's the one piece of advice that I would give to you. Um, here's a story from my life. I was in Orlando. I had been doing Santa for maybe like a month, which is a reasonable amount of time. In or- uh, I did not live in Orlando. It was like a 40 plus minute drive to every single open mic. Driving in Orlando on I-4, if you've been there, you know it is one of the worst roads, worst highways to drive on in the country. And I, I was like, why am I doing this? If I suck, why, why am I putting my time in? Uh, I think it was like four or five nights a week I was driving, which really like you got to do more than that, I would say, um, eventually. But in order, when you're starting out um, for the first time, uh, it's, it's good. But if... I was, yeah, so I was going down. I actually didn't go as far. I went to um, Sanford where there was, someone had said, come, we're doing a birthday party. And it was not like, hey, you want a feature for me? It was like, if you want time, here you go. Um, so I got that. I got the the invite to do some time birthday party. It was a rowdy crowd. They were obviously there for a good time. I think I went up first because I was going, I wanted to go somewhere else after, but I told myself, I said, if tonight goes poorly, if tonight sucks again, I'm done. I am done stand-up comedy. It's not worth my time anymore. And I got on stage. They didn't tell me how long I needed to go for. They're just like, go up and have some fun. I did terribly, terribly at one point, someone heckled me saying, we're from New York. You're going to have to do better than that. And in that moment, something clicked. And I was like, oh, I got to get this person back. I need to prove to them that I belong up here. And despite what I said, saying, if I suck, I'm done doing stand-up, I did suck. And I learned being on stage that I loved it so much despite the sucking that I was doing that I I needed to continue to do it. And I've never looked back since. So the real takeaway from that is get on stage. You need to know if you like it. You're never going to know if you should be doing it unless you try it. And the truth is people do not care about you as much as you think they do. I did a show the other day. I've been doing stand-up now for two years. I feel very comfortable in my set. I went first at an open mic and the the host came up after me uh, at, up to me after the mic was finished it was probably like 15 20 comedians who went up and he said hey did you go up i'm like yes i did i went first he's like oh i must have just forgotten that means you, you did all right i'm like yeah see that's exactly the the truth if you do fine 
no one's going to really remember you. If you do really bad, people might remember you, but they're like, they're pretty forgiving. They don't remember that forever. If you do really well, of course you're going to stand out. But like, I would say most of the time people really don't care. And the only time they really do care or will remember you if you're bad is if you're offensive or say something just godly awful that would piss people off. But most people don't do that. So forget about how you think people might perceive you and just do it. People really don't care. The best advice that I got before I started stand-up, I was talking to a comedian who had done it for a while. I said, there, there's probably two types of people who come to your shows. People that love and care about you and people that don't know you. The people that love and care about you, if you do poorly, are still going to love and care about you. If and So you don't need to worry about those people. And the people that don't know you, again, probably not going to remember you. So the stakes are actually very low. It's really up here. So get on stage. That's it. That's like the biggest thing. Uh, I'll give you, uh, obviously now it's a tough time. COVID's, COVID's providing challenges for stage time um, in most places in the country. And if you're being safe, like you, there's very few completely safe opportunities for open mics, for new starting comedians. And that's part of the reason why Curbside Comedy is exciting. It's a decent model. It's not built like an open mic system, but it's a way for people to feel safe. But that aside, um, what I would suggest before going on stage, and you can go up on stage with nothing. I wouldn't, you're not really setting yourself up for success um, because at the end of the day, stand-up is a lot about writing and what you bring to the stage, the preparation that you do for that. Um, But again, like, if you just need to get on stage, get on stage because that's how you know, that's how you get the hook. That's how you get the bug to do stand up. But um, if uh, in this time, especially when it's harder to get on stage, take, take some moments and write some jokes down. Um, I would suggest for your own comedic education, stand up comedy education, write short jokes that are quick hitters, um, because that's a skill that you're always going to need to have. People will say uh, you should look at laughs per minute. And I think that is something you should think about um, fairly early on because you might be telling a story and wonder why people aren't laughing. It's because you don't have a laugh line somewhere in that two-minute story until the very end. So you've lost the audience. So think about writing short stories. Um, think about really simplifying it down to set up punchline. Um I want to, let me, let me see if I can, this joke's been on the news, so I don't mind sharing it, but like, here's something very simple that I thought of that I say on stage from time to time. Um, If we had to keep a dog's, oh, sorry. (laughs) If we had to keep the name a dog's biological parents gave them, it would be rough, rough. Kind of a dumb joke. Uh, I really like it because it fits my sense of humor, but like, think about it. If we had to keep the setup, if we had to keep the name a dog's biological parents gave them, that's the entire setup. The entire punchline is it would be rough for rough. Very simple, very short, but that's how you know you can get the laugh. Uh, that's how you, you can really test your skills in that way. So potentially if you have a window of time where you're like, I need to get on stage, but I can't get there because of COVID, um, Take some time to write some quick one-liners, two-liners, things that make you laugh, uh, shorter jokes, because those are going to give you a higher return on learning if you're a good stand-up comedian as a writer um, than going up and just being like, 
yeah, I think I'm funny. Let's try it. So to recap, the one piece of advice that you need, the one singular piece that is the most important is get on stage. Even if you don't have the material, you're just like, I want to try it out. I think I'm funny. Go do that because if you love doing that, then it is very easy to get on stage again because you have the bug, you have the hook, and then you can circle back around and write something. So do that. That's like number one. The most important thing if you're interested in starting stand-up comedy. Number two is think about the writing. Um, I would suggest writing shorter jokes um, and then start building the craft up. You, you typically have five minutes. Um, here's something that people don't necessarily tell you when you are starting out. If it is your first time, you do not need to use that five minutes. You don't. Um, it's almost Comedians actually like it. When you only, you're like, all right, that's it. I had two minutes of material. That's what I wanted to try and get off because um, it's called giving time back to the room. And comedians appreciate it because people will hang out all night waiting for their spot. And so if someone gives three minutes back to the room, that's three minutes until they get back on stage again. So it's there's no problem in being like, I got one minute. I'm going to try out three jokes. Here we go. Um, I think that's a beautiful way to get started. So don't, don't worry about like filling all that time. Uh, but if you are a person who likes to process things beforehand, think about writing for five, being on stage for five minutes, what you're going to say in those five minutes, how many laughs that you can get. Um, but just start writing things down. I don't, you're not going to have the perfect set the first time you go up. If you do, you don't, you should not worry about when, if what people may think about you, if you already have the perfect set, go do it. But don't don't worry about the perfect set. It'll come. It'll come with time. Just get on stage and think if you if you really are considering the writing piece and being more worried about that. Think about shorter things. Think think about things that make you laugh. Write them down. Um, try and think about that setup punchline. But really, just go up there, get on stage. Know if you love it. And then continue. It's a rinse, repeat thing. It's all about stage times, how many times you can do it. I mean, Chris Rock, uh, I should really look it up. It's one of those things that I've been told that someone said, but I've heard Chris Rock has uh, said, you need to try a joke a hundred times to know if you if it works. So that's that's for the joke. That's not for you if you love stand-up. I've heard Eddie Izzard say you need to do stand-up a hundred times to know if you really love it. I don't know if that's entirely true get a pretty good instinct right away. And I do think it's very natural to have ebbs and flows. But I, I think if you do stand up once, if you do stand up one time and you have the urge to do it again, that's how you know it, it's kind of built for you. Not everything lasts forever, but you do it once, you love it, and you continue going on. You're on the right path, but you got to get on stage. All right, that's it. That's it for that uh, diatribe. Is that the word I'm thinking of? The monologue. Um, I do want to say my mom, I did not ask for this for Christmas. She made it. Here we go. It is a curbside comedy shirt. There you go. Oh, that's that's the most awkward <laughs> moment I've ever had on a camera showing like half my chest. Um, made shirts. We're thinking about getting merchandise uh, to give to people at shows for booking us. So 
if you're especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area or in New Hampshire um, in the summer, think about booking a curbside comedy show. Thank you so much. Make sure you check in with yourself. Ask yourself what's up with you. If you have the goal of trying stand-up comedy in 2021, that is your resolution. Just get on stage. Get on stage. If you want more advice, more help, feel free to connect with me on social media at Connor underscore Kefia Chain across all the social media. Please rate and review this podcast. And uh, if you're still around, hit the subscribe button on YouTube. It really does help a lot. All right. Thank you, everyone. Bye.